Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com. The home of home search. The Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center where the Warriors were victorious Yay. tonight over the New Orleans Pelicans. That's right. The Warriors would build a 20-point lead and then watch a 26-point swing go the other way as that lead would completely evaporate and the Pelicans would actually find themselves up six points in this ball game uh, with just about five minutes to go and under three minutes to go. But ultimately, D'Angelo Russell and some clutch defense from Draymond Green allowed the Warriors to prevail in this one. The five-game losing streak is history. 106-102 is the final, and D'Angelo Russell would go for 10 of his uh Game high, tying 25 points in the final four minutes and 43 seconds. What? 10 points in the final four, uh, 43, including, let's see, he had made the three-pointer to tie it at 98 and a two-pointer to give the uh, Warriors the lead. That's clutch. The Warriors were uh, clutch from the foul line, hit 24 or 25 from uh, the free throw line, including two from Damian Lee and two from Draymond in the final minute. Uh, when the Warriors are trying to preserve that lead, they've won, J.D. They won a game. It's a holiday miracle at the at the Chase Center. Yeah, they get the win tonight uh, and uh, the third win in the history of Chase Center Yay. for the Warriors. So they improve there and they get the first of this five-game holiday homestand off on the right foot. And this uh, place was loud it tonight. It was very loud early in the game as the Warriors built that lead. Uh, I would say raucous and appreciative. The yes, crowd tonight. yes, that's definitely uh, what I thought as well. Uh, early on in the game, but also down the stretch in the game when the Warriors would either hit a big shot or, or need a big stop. That That's one thing that really stood out to me tonight is just when this team is good again. And look, the Warriors believe it's going to be good in, in short order next season, right back in the in the playoff mix, you know, contending to, to win, you know, multiple playoff series, potentially. It could be that good that fast when it is. This place is going to be a very, very difficult place for opponents to play, and the Warriors are going to have, a, I think, a significant home court advantage here. So you can almost check that box. I'm checking it right now. Just based on what we've seen, even mm -hmm. though they've been only able to win the three games out of the first 13. I know if you listened to the game, if you saw it, you fixated on the finish, it was an exciting finish. But I really thought one of the keys to the Warrior victory was how well they finished the first half because the Pelicans had gone on a 13 to two run. They had cut the warrior lead to four and then the Warriors went to a small ball lineup and they pushed the lead back to 12 at halftime. And one of the reasons they did that is because they played excellent defense 
on New Orleans' last two possessions of the first half. It gets something like that gets you know swept under the rug when the finish is so exciting. But the Warriors at times tonight they defended very well, and they also seemed to have a clearer idea tonight of how everything is supposed to fit together at both ends of the floor. Yeah, and there there was a key sequence late in the half. The Warriors, their lead had been cut to 46-42, so it was a four-point game. The Pelicans missed a series of shots right at the rim where they had a chance to cut it down to a two-point game. The Warriors then had a, a four-point possession. They had a missed free throw. They got the ball back. They knocked down a three. It went right back from a four-point lead to an eight-point lead. Uh, and then uh, around a Pelicans hoop, Draymond Green had a layup, and D'Angelo Russell hit a couple of free throws. So the lead was actually right back up uh, to 10 and then 12 points. Yeah. What it wound up being at halftime. But that that key sequence, I think, that, that spurred the whole thing on was – a series of misses on the interior uh, by the Pelicans. Yeah, and I thought there were a number of times tonight when New Orleans made their runs, they made their pushes, and the Warriors answered, even came back, obviously, at the end of the game when New Orleans finally burst through and actually took the lead, and it looked like, all right, they were going to they were gonna salt this thing away. The Warriors were clutch all the way around tonight. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and his Warriors wrap-up here, uh, brought to you by Realtor.com the home of home search 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in on this one how you feeling after a warriors victory the five game losing streak is over uh, and the warriors do pick up their sixth win on the season breaking down the dichotomy of warriors victories here whitey gleason that is the second Warriors win now against the Pelicans mm-hmm. this season in 30 games. The Warriors two against the Bulls, two against the Pelicans, two against the Bulls, two against the Pelicans, and then single wins against the Grizzlies. And of course, the the win win of the year to this point. I think it it may go down as the win of the year uh, if the Blazers wind up finding them their way back into the playoffs and they're creeping back toward 500 now. But uh, the Warriors did beat the Blazers back in, in early November here. So you got one Blazers, one Grizzlies, two Bulls, and now a second win over those Pelicans. Not to be cynical here, but we know this is part of the equation this year. The Warriors winning, the Pelicans losing. What does that do to the what you call the upside-down standings, which I know you actually have the upside-down standings on a poster by your bed? I, I do, and we'll get, we'll get to that coming up here, but let's, uh, let's actually go ahead first and hear from the head coach of the Warriors because we didn't have a, enough of an opportunity to fit that into the network portion of the post-game show tonight. Excellent. So uh, let's hear from the head coach of the Warriors. If you want to line up now, you can. 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. If you're driving home from this one and you're fired up on a Friday night. People aren't driving home. They're flying home from this game tonight. Feeling feel good, good win. feeling yeah, good about a, a Warriors win to improve to six and 24. So, yeah, the reverse standings coming up here. But right now, let's hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, downstairs here at Chase Center. We've talked about, you know, in, in recent games, how you guys have played well throughout and have lost down the stretch. How does it feel to finally play well, at least, you know, in spurts and then win down, win down the stretch? It feels really good, Logan. Feels a lot better than losing. Um, more than anything, just relieved uh, and, and happy for the, the players because uh, these guys are—they're great guys. They're—they're they're working hard every day and putting in the effort. Um, we're just young and 
it's it's hard to win in this league. You know, it really is. And um, so it was it was really good to see us close the game down the stretch. You know, D'Lo made huge shots, and we knocked down our free throws and made stops. So um, we closed the game out like you like you have to. I think he made all four of your final shots in the last five minutes. He kind of has a history of, of those big shots. Even this year, he's hit, he's hit a few for you. How much do you see him, you know, regardless of the type of game he's had before the end, kind of rise to the offensive moment late? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, yeah, that's who who he is, and and it's what he did last year in Brooklyn when he really kind of broke through um, in the league, and and uh, he's he's built in that way, you know, to, to close a game because he's not afraid to miss. That's kind of what it takes to, to be able to hit big shots. You can't worry about missing. D'Lo's never worried about that. He just goes out and plays and, and um, hit hit some big ones tonight and, and, and got it done. So that's, uh, you know, he's the guy with, with Steph and Clay out. He's the guy we have to rely on. Hey, Steve, you've been living with these guys now for three months. You've been going through mostly the downs with them. What's it like for these players to finally break through? Even though it was, you know, looking at the stats, it's pretty ugly. But the bottom line is a win. Uh, they're they're happy in there. You know, it's uh, it's no fun losing. Um, you know, I've said in the last couple of months that I've, I really feel like we've gotten better. Um, we've made a lot of improvement individually. A lot of our young players are getting better and better. Um, but it, it, it really has to pay off in the win column now and then to keep their spirits up, to keep them motivated. And uh, so it's a big, big win for us. Yeah, I mean, any, any win is a big win where we are right now. And, and so that, that felt, felt really good. Steve, what's the word on Eric? Uh, he's having his right knee evaluated. Is, do you know yet if there is an MRI forthcoming? I'm not sure. Uh, he wasn't in the locker room. Uh, the training staff took him, um, and he was getting getting it evaluated, so I don't know what that means. Steve, Alec Burks did a great job off your bench today. I mean, I know Draymond hit some free throws, and D'Angelo hit the big shots, but it seems like Burks was a big factor And if you look at the uh, – if you look at the stat sheet. Yeah, it's one of the reasons we like bringing him off the bench uh, because he gives us that burst. And, you know, we got off to a great start at a, at a really good first quarter. And then, as always, you know, 48-minute game, the game goes on forever, and every, everyone makes a run, all that stuff. Um, so you need somebody off the bench who can come in and give you a boost, and I thought he did a, a good job of that tonight. Steve, you had a... Uh, uh... A challenge that wasn't overturned in the last minute of the game on a Draymond foul. Um, and obviously, the challenge is still a new concept. In those situations, do you just have to kind of look at the look at Draymond in the eye and say, "Did you foul him?" Or is that something that you see all on your own? Or is it him approaching you saying, "Hey, I, I know I didn't foul him. We should challenge this." Especially, when we only have one timeout left in the game. Yeah, I think we're we're learning as we go. You know, we um, I think the biggest thing is. Um, you have to 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 use them in circumstances that are important. I haven't always done it this year. You know, sometimes I've used it too quickly. Um, but you know, that could mean if your star player has four fouls and he picks up a fifth, um, and you don't think he he committed one, maybe you keep him out of foul trouble or something like this late in a game where there's a, you know a close play and. Your, your your player's telling you he didn't commit a foul, and um, but the thing I've learned is that um, no matter what happens, um, no matter what you see on the replay, 
no matter what you think, um, it's still, even with replay, um, it's not 100%. It never is, um, which is why I don't like replay. You know, we always say we got to get it right, but um, I might think something's a foul and you don't, and we could watch the tape over and over again, and we're not changing our opinions. Doesn't mean either one of us is right. You know, it's uh, the only the only sport that I love replay in is tennis. Ball's either in or out. It's pretty simple. Everything else, it's too subjective. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, so that you have to weigh that. You know, um, we had a two-point lead. We still had one timeout left. So even if even if the call is not overturned, um, we're okay in terms of you know we got uh, we've got a tie game if he makes the two free throws and it's our ball. And I think there was maybe 35 seconds left. Uh, something. 38. Sorry, Raymond. Sorry, Raymond's a stickler. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, you you, you got to weigh all that. And if you feel like you're going to need two timeouts, then you don't you don't waste it. But it was uh, felt like a good gamble. Coach, I'm just curious. Your, your old buddy is the coach over there. On on paper, they have four or five pretty good players. Are you surprised that they've – I know they don't have Zion Williamson, but are you surprised that they've struggled as much? Because this felt like a desperation game for them, too, the way they had to fight and claw to get back in it. Well, this is uh, it's a tough league, and and when you have injuries uh, like they've had, like we've had, um, it's it's hard to get on track, and um, so they've had a tough go, and uh, the Zion injury really changed everything uh, for them, and uh, I was happy to see them uh, get a win the other night, and uh, you know I hope they uh, hope Alvin and and the the uh, team can get it going because uh, you know they're they're. Uh, Friends of mine, and I like to see them do well. Steve, how crucial was the uh, play where Draymond forced a turnover on uh, Brandon? Uh, I thought Draymond made several huge plays down the stretch. Um, you know, he's just so smart, understanding exactly when to help, where to help from, um, and directing other players um, and where they should be. He was brilliant down the stretch defensively. That, that was an enormous play. Steph was back on the bench tonight. He was kind of seemed active, very engaged in the game. What, what type of benefit boost uh, was that? It's just good to have him around. Um, you know, he's been down in L.A. rehabbing um, with uh, at, under the direction of his surgeon, and so he's back now. And uh, great to see him. Clay as well. Um, those guys just light up our locker room. It's fun for our players to see them and. Definitely, um, you know, a sight for sore eyes. Hey, Steve, how do you squeeze in some time for the holidays with all this stuff? You're used to it, I know. But, I mean, you got three games over the next week during the holiday week. It's going to be – and Houston's coming in town on Wednesday. It's going to be crazy. It is crazy. So, um, this is the NBA, though. They don't, they don't really build in, you know, Christmas break. So, we keep going. All right, Steve Kerr there. No Christmas break for the Warriors, but they do have uh, another weekend off. Uh, the second weekend off they've had in December, and they also had a couple of days off before they played in Portland, Sunday and Monday. So more time off for the Warriors lately than they had previously, but the games, yeah, they're coming fast and furious here uh, as the Warriors win 106-102 tonight 
uh, over the Pelicans. You listen here to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It's Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. I've got a question. Now, why was it that Smilagich was briefly brought up? That was because Pascal was hurt, right? It was, and, yeah. it, and it was in so, anticipation of him being inactive. However, he wound up being active. Right. Hopefully, Pascal is going to be okay, fingers crossed. But if he has to miss some time, I'm wondering if that will hasten the arrival of Smiley Geach. It, it may. It also may uh, allow Amari Spellman to play a few more minutes uh, than he did tonight, certainly. Uh, just six minutes and 36 seconds for Amari Spellman. Uh, Marquise Chris only played 12 minutes. Uh, I think you, you really saw the Warriors you know, play a little smaller tonight, uh, yes. I thought, at times. They had success with that small ball lineup, as I said, at the end of the first half. Yeah, and, and had success there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it could be a situation where Smiley Geach winds up being maybe on the roster here or Something there. Something have to look at anyway, right? But he still would be buried on that depth chart. And, and as Steve Kerr has alluded to, uh, if he's going to be buried on the depth chart, what is, you know, is it worth having him around versus having him with Santa Cruz uh, and, and actually playing significant minutes uh, down uh, at that level. W running through a couple of other things here, you know, D'Angelo Russell is a big shot taker and maker. He is unafraid of the moment. I know Steve Kerr had addressed that, and you know, he had a lot of big shots. There were some games last year with Brooklyn where he wasn't on the court at the end of the game because they had a lot of similarly talented players, but there were also some games where he was right in the middle of everything, making huge shots for that Brooklyn team. And, you know, tonight's a night where, uh, you know, uh, it, tonight's kind of how I want it to look with D'Angelo Russell, with this particular Warriors team. He winds up taking 20 shots, which is you know the most by seven of anybody else on this roster. And he should be taking and more shots. And he's the guy when it gets down to, hey, five minutes to go, your 20-point lead is gone, you're down by six. He's got the ball in his hands, making a three to cut that lead in half. He's the guy that has the ball in his hands, making the big shot. Uh, to cut a five-point lead to a three-point lead, make it a three-pointer to tie the game at 98, and then ultimately make it a jumper to give the Warriors a, a lead that they would wind up having for, for the remainder of the game with the 32.9 seconds to go. So t tonight is almost the template of yeah. how I want to see it. You know, forget about you know working them in and motion offense and ball movement. I want to see D'Angelo Russell get his and be a clutch player because that adds to his value not only for this team if he's going to wind up being around but also if the Warriors do look to potentially move him at some point in the summer this is the second time he's done this he hit the clutch shot against the uh what was it with the overtime game against the Knicks he hit the clutch shot against the Knicks to force overtime so we've seen him do that now and I think seeing him do that and make the big big shots at the end of games close games um, I know that I've gained a greater appreciation for him, and it makes some of the misses earlier in games seem less significant, knowing what he can do if you need him to do it at the end of the game. And it was, of course, very interesting what Steve Kerr said. You know, Steve Kerr played with the most fearless end-of-game shot taker and maker of all time, right? Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan said, I'm, it doesn't matter if you miss, you got to shoot it, and you're going to miss sometimes, oh well. And Steve Kerr said of... Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's built in that way to close games because he's not afraid to miss. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of guys that are. 
No, there are a lot and of guys. And it's understandable, and he's clearly not. Yeah, they don't want the ball, or they're giving the ball up to somebody else and, and, and just want no part of it. Russell wants a part of it, and I think that's a that's a real positive yes. aspect of his game. And, again, that's something that has value in two different areas. I agree with it you. It has value if he remains on this team and winds up on the floor with Curry and Thompson at the end of games, it also has value in that it's attractive to other teams if the Warriors wind up going that yes. route. There's also a third part to it. It's it's called watchability, Whitey. Yes. There's a watchability to it. There's a, there's a hey, this guy is a really talented player. I want to see him do what yes. he does best. Mm-hmm. And in what has been a lost season for the Warriors in terms of victories. He's got star quality, and they need that this year. You can put the ball in his hands and feel like he's one of the better players in the game, certainly one of the better players on the court. I'm just glad that the Warriors tonight and the game in Portland kind of got back to allowing him to be him. That's the, that's the Russ. I, I don't need any of this two of two of nine stuff where he's you know kicking it around. And he's trying to cut and he's doing <laughs> get, get the ball in your hands and go to work. D'Lo. Yeah. And another way of looking at, at, at what you're saying here is the Warriors don't want to talk about this, but we know that there's a chance that they'll trade him. Right. Uh, he's an asset. Uh, there's a chance that they'll be able to get something uh, very attractive for him down the road if that's the, the, the road that they decide to travel down. Worst case scenario would be if he just struggled all year. Uh, if he just had a year where he wasn't comfortable, he didn't shoot well, and then it would be more difficult to move him and it would, it would decrease their options. Well, a night like tonight shows that uh, obviously you like a guy like that on your team, so, you know, certainly... Keeping him beyond this year is on the table, but if not, more nights like this are going to make it more likely you're going to get a lot back for him if you decide to part ways. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up here on 95-7. The game, uh, the Warriors get the win tonight over the Pelicans, 106-102. to so They're the a bad Warriors, team. <laughs> they are they really, got good players, but they're a bad team. And, and there is just, you know, we were kind of wondering before the game, all right, the Pelicans come in, and they've got some talented players. They've got some veterans, and the Pelicans came in, what, two games off of the Warriors' pace, two games ahead, basically, two games better. Oh, here we go. Reverse standings. standings. We talking reverse standings? Not quite yet. Ah. Not quite yet. But we're, we're thinking, gosh, how are they so bad? And I know they've had a lot of injuries, and Zion Williamson, for crying out loud, the number right. one pick in the draft hasn't even played a second for them this season. And they're very bad in close games, and we saw why tonight. They're very bad in close games, and there was just also a, a, a just abominable transition defense early in the game, and and just effort, and just they, they looked, it just looked bad. It looked as bad in the first half when they were getting down 20 as any team, I think, that we've seen this season when they've been bad, including the Warriors, when they've been bad, and they've been bad at times. Brandon Ingram had a really nice game tonight, 25 points, but Brandon Ingram and Kenrich Williams and Josh Hart, the three of those guys combined shooting three-pointers. Do you have any idea what they were, the three of them combined? Who was it again? Brandon Ingram, Kenrich Williams, and Josh Hart. Oh, boy. not. Oh, my God. They were 0 for 17. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Josh Hart was 0 for 9 tonight beyond the arc. The Pelicans shot 9 of 35, 25.7%. Is this a thing, J.D.? Because last game, uh, Portland shot very poorly against the uh, Warriors from beyond the arc. So is this, I don't know, is there a trend here? Let's see. Blazers were 9 of 31 Wednesday, and tonight the Pelicans 9 of 36. 
Is this just dumb luck? Guys are missing their threes, or are the Warriors actually getting out and defending the three-point strife a little better? I think they're. I think the Warriors are. They're getting the right guys to take the shots. I, I think a little bit tonight. I mean, Reddick was four for seven. Holiday was three for six. I mean, Josh Hart's a guy that can knock them down. I mean, they they may have dodged a bullet there mm -hmm. with Hart going zero for nine as opposed to maybe three for nine or even even two for nine, and it winds up maybe being a you know turning a win into a loss. But no, I, I I think the Warriors have improved. I think also. You know, in the case of Portland, look, Portland has two of the better three-point shooters in the entire league going. So I, I think in that game, it was just kind of a bizarro game where the Warriors were making a ton of threes and Portland wasn't. And we've seen games between those two teams, even in the past, when the Warriors had Curry and Thompson, where Portland was one of the few teams in the league that could keep up with them from, from three-point land. So I, I think it's just more... I think the Portland game was more just kind of one of those things that happens over mm -hmm, a long season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tonight, yeah. I, th I did think that the Warriors both ways did a nice job tonight. Yeah. Yeah. At, at they did a better around. job defensively. Yeah. Riddle me this, Kevon Looney, and we love Kevon Looney, and we just heard Steve Kerr. We played the interview before our pregame today because he was on yesterday uh, with Damon Rado and Kolsky, and he was talking about Kevon Looney, saying, you know, he's – He's just not in shape. We don't worry about Kavon, but, you know, maybe he just needs some time here to get back into shape. And they put him in to start the fourth quarter tonight. Yeah, I thought, you know, Steve was actually, and, and he wasn't asked about this in the postgame press conference, I, I actually thought Steve put him in the game because he was concerned about the game getting away at mm -hmm. that point. And maybe uh, if Pascal's not hurt, Pascal goes there. Pascal the, goes in there. Possibly, but I, I think the Pelicans, you know, it was a 37-22 third quarter. The Pelicans yeah. had gone from, from 12 down at the break to up three on the Drew Holiday three at the buzzer at the end of that third quarter. And and I think, I think Steve Kerr wanted almost a calming influence out there on the court, somebody that's just steady, uh, that isn't going to make mistakes that could you know make the game a little bit easier on the rest of that group that was going to have to begin that quarter because it, at that point the game could have completely gotten away from the Warriors and the worst they allowed it to get from down three at the start of the frame was down six at a couple of different junctures to where D'Angelo Russell at that point was able to, to kind of guide the Warriors back on track to a, a tie and eventual lead and uh, what turns out to be a a 106-102 win. Warriors also made free throws. At oh, the end absolutely. Of the game, which was big. All game long they made free yeah, throws. Yeah, all game long they did to the tune of 24 of 25, Oof. which you pointed out. But also uh, they knocked down a couple of free throws. Uh, Draymond Green and, knocking and down. Damian Lee. Yeah, a couple yeah. of free throws. Both made a uh, pair in the to, final minute. To not allow... Uh, the Pelicans to to even get an attempt to tie the game to nullify the you know the foul strategy yeah, yeah. they can play the foul game they played it and they lost eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero we'll hear from D'Angelo Russell we're also going to hear from Draymond Green and maybe even Willie Cauley Stein as well as Warriors wrap up rolls on here from Chase Center on ninety five seven the game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here at Chase Center where the Warriors were victorious over the Pelicans, 106-102, first of the five-game holiday homestand. And, uh, Whitey, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be here on Monday. They're dare struggling. I, dare They're I struggling say, a little bit. Dare I say, now, the Timberwolves do play in Portland tomorrow night. So they were they had a ball game tonight. 
they play in Portland tomorrow night, and then actually Portland had a game tonight. Minnesota, mm, right? Yeah, Minnesota will play tomorrow night, and then they'll play here. Okay, but well, Minnesota lost the other night to these Pelicans, and yeah, they lost tonight as well. So they're playing in Portland tomorrow. If you're trying to get me to say the Warriors are going on a winning streak, I've made that mistake before. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the game Monday. That's as far as I'll go. Just to clarify, just to clarify again, because I know I kind of danced around that. So the so Minnesota they lost to the Pelicans right. at home on right. Wednesday night. Right. Minnesota was in Denver tonight, got beat, and now they go and play Portland tomorrow. What's their losing streak? Uh, they've lost eight or nine. Nine consecutive yeah. games. We know that the Timberwolves had serious interest in D'Angelo Russell in the offseason. Yeah. We know that the last time the Warriors played Minnesota in Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell scored 52. So what's he going to do Monday night? He's going to put on another show uh, against a team that uh, had a lot of interest in acquiring him. Yeah, and those two teams are going to face each other again coming up. It's the first game of 2020. You know, these games between teams like the Warriors and the Pelicans and the Warriors and the Timberwolves, maybe right now they don't seem to mean a lot, but just wait till next year when they'll be part of the tournament. Yeah. Then, well, huh? That's going to have huh? to be a conversation for tomorrow on Warriors this week. I look forward to it. Which, by the way, 9 a.m. tomorrow. We'll be right back here. I should be there by 10. 95-7 the game. Oh, uh, yeah, Peter, that, I'm kidding. Yeah, that first hour, it'll be me and <laughs> no, some phone no. calls, and maybe we'll rerun a Steve Kerr interview from earlier in the week. I'm going to go right after this. That's, I'm going to the studio to get ready for it. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green. Draymond Green tonight, uh, 10 points, 8 four, eight assists, rather. Uh, he also had a couple of steals and played very good defense down the stretch uh, as the Warriors, 31 minutes tonight for Draymond Green. And the Warriors' victory. Let's hear from Draymond Green after this one. Draymond, we've seen you do it before, but it, it looked like at the end of the game there, you had this fire in your eye. You saw what Brandon Ingram was doing and decided, okay, <laughs> it's time now. And that big play where you got the turnover, was that just something that you felt like you had to do, create something? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think G was doing a good job on the entire game. You know, with a guy like B.I., um, you're never going to stop him. Oh, he's a great player. But you just try to make it tough on him. And, you know, at that moment, uh, it's money time, you know, so I like to get in the fray at that moment. But, um, you know, that'll be a part of his growth, though. I don't, you know, he didn't realize where the clock was. And so, you know, as he continued to grow, I, mean, I think was, this is his third year in the league, you know, and this is his first time kind of being the focal point of an offense, you know. So uh, that's that'll be a area where he'll grow and continue to get better. But, you know, like I said, at that time, it's just, you know, the juices really get flowing. You know, want to get a stop and that competitive edge come out. Draymond, this is one of the first times we've seen a, you guys use a challenge with the game on the line and close game. Uh, is that something where you, you approach Steve and you say, hey, I know I didn't foul him, or is he asking you, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't think I fouled him. Um, and Zach said, that, you know, after I asked him, where was the foul? And he said, you got the ball. Um, and he held on to the ball, and at the end, you got his arm. So, you know, quick bang, bang play. Uh, I think that was a, you know, if you can come up with a jump ball right there, somehow win the tip, all of a sudden you're up two with the ball with 20-some seconds left. You know, that's a key moment in the game. So, um, you know, I think it could have went either way. But... You know, we still found a way to get it done at the end. With the fouls in this game, 
Do you smile seeing that you guys only missed one free throw tonight? That if you had to kind of ice those at the end, you guys, you had the poise to get that done? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, when you could 24, 25 from the line is great. And, you know, uh, like down the stretch, you know, we had four key free throws uh, that we needed to knock down in order to keep control of the game. You know, and it's big to knock those down in moments like that. And, you know, we was able to step up there and do that. I think D'Angelo hit your last four shots tonight. Um, can you sense within him just the experience, he, as young as he is in those late games? I mean, what he did in Brooklyn, even sometimes in his L.A. days. Uh, yeah, you know, he really likes that uh, that time of the game, and, you know, he makes big shots. Um, you know, that's that's more about what's inside of you and less about your, your actual shot. You know, it's some people, you can be a great shooter, and in those moments, you don't like those moments. Um, you know, he loved those moments, and, you know, he, he tends to come through uh, in big moments like that. So it was great for us down the stretch for sure. Jeremiah, you guys have leaned a lot early on Eric, and he's going through a couple different injuries, it seems, at the moment. If he has to miss any kind of time, what changes the most uh, in your eyes for this group? Uh, depth, um, you know, and, and he can really score the ball. You know, he's – he's um. He's he's the way the pressure that he puts on the defense getting downhill. Uh, if he you know if he's out some time, uh, it's something that we'll miss. Uh, but you know, hopefully it's nothing serious. But honestly, I, it, you know it may be a blessing. Um, you know if he has to miss a week or two. You know it's like things came at him really fast. You know all of a sudden he's playing 36, 37 minutes as a rookie. Carrying scoring load uh, with eight guys, you know, and playing more games than he's ever played, um, you know, quicker than, than they've ever, the games have ever come on a schedule um, in a league that he's never played in. And he handled that well, you know, but it, it may not be the worst thing uh, if he has to miss a week or two. You know, and just kind of let us, you know, get through the hip thing and, you know, kind of let all that stuff clear up and, you know, uh, and get back to where he was. All right, so Draymond Green there might not be that bad of a thing if Eric Paschal has to miss some time. Hmm. Your thoughts? Uh, well, that just uh, suggests to Draymond's point that Eric Paschal's had a heavy, heavy, heavy load. We've seen what a heavier load than expected did to Jordan Poole, right? I mean, Steve Kerr has said... Yeah, we we threw too much at him, and and now they're they're after the talk of sending Poole to the G League. Now they're talking about well, they're happier with the reduced role. But Eric Pascal has uh, has handled that load, but maybe physically it's starting to to uh, break him a little bit. So I see where Draymond's going. I saw I may have mentioned this earlier. I saw before the game. I saw Eric Pascal out on the floor uh, before the game, working on as a perimeter game working on some dribble handoffs. So he's been working very, very, very hard. We know that he hasn't been in recent weeks the same uh, type of impactful player that he was early in the year. So, yeah, maybe he's hit something resembling some manner of rookie wall. So, yeah, maybe a few uh, few days off here would uh, help him uh, recharge. Anthony Slater, uh, our, our friend uh, from The Athletic, uh, pointed out something just in, in asking a question that, that I went back and, and, and wanted to, to look up with a little bit more detail, the Warriors scored 20 points in the final 443 of the ball game, and it wound up being 10 D'Angelo Russell points and 10 free throws. It mm. was all free throws or Russell baskets, and Russell did wind up 
hitting the last four shots for the Warriors from the floor. So it wound up being a couple of uh, the Russell three that, that cut the lead from 92-86 to 92-89. It was a Russell three, a couple of Draymond free throws, two Willie Cauley-Stein free throws, uh, and then the, the five-point stretch where Russell hit the pull-up two and then hit a step-back three to tie the game. It went from 98-93 to 98-all. Uh, Damian Lee, couple of free throws. Russell's go-ahead basket, 102-100, and then Draymond and Lee each with a pair of free throws there at the end of the game. So free throws, the ultimate in efficiency, and then just letting D'Angelo Russell, he was the only guy that knocked down a shot for him uh, when they weren't getting to the line. Yeah, and at the risk of uh, saying something that's obvious, everybody knows that D'Angelo Russell is capable of that. They knew when he came here, that's the type of player he can be. Uh, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another to see it happen and see him do it and see him carry you to victory. And it just, I think, uh, develops a greater sense of t trust between D'Angelo Russell and his teammates, which I think, again, is just going to help everybody figure out how this is all supposed to fit together. And I think we saw that tonight. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. It's Warriors Wrap-Up here brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We'll hear from D'Angelo Russell coming up. Also take a quick look at the reverse standings before we get out of here on a Friday night where the Warriors, they beat the Pelicans 106-102. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. Warriors beat the Pelicans 106-102. Big night for D'Angelo Russell. Ten of his 25 coming in the final four minutes and 43 seconds as the Warriors improve to 6-24 and on the season. We will hear from D'Angelo Russell coming up here momentarily. But first, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Russell with it. Warriors could tie with a three. Russell guarded by Holiday. With the dribble. Leaves it for Damian Lee. He wants to go. Hand off to Burks. Pelican switching all over the perimeter. Ball up top. Now Russell guarded by Ingram. Takes a three off the dribble. Good! We're tied! All right, Tim Roy on the call there. Our call of the game, the game-tying three by D'Angelo Russell. That with 1.30 to go it was 98-98. Uh, make sure to tune in to us tomorrow morning, Whitey Gleason, 9.30 here on 95.7 The Game with Warriors this week. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, mm -hmm. you'll win $100 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. Call of the game brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. And if you identify it tomorrow as Delo's Delightful Dazzler, I will throw in 75 cents. You can't, why do you can't do that? Uh, I know you keep saying that, okay, and but I that's going to get, right. it's going to get our guy Alex Scott in more trouble than he's already in tonight. Okay. So I we can't do, do that. All right. Just, yeah, you got to be careful <laughs> with that. Can't okay. do it. But yeah, but you can get the 100 if right. you know the call of the game tomorrow at 930. Here, uh, here on 95.7, the game. All right, let's uh, get to uh, D'Angelo Russell as he met with the media downstairs here at Chase Center, the Bill King interview room, following his 25-point performance at the Warriors' four-point win over the Pelicans. Hey, D'Angelo, you've been in this situation many times before. How comfortable were you feeling heading down the stretch tonight when, you were, uh, when they needed the baskets? You seemed to get the key shots. Very comfortable, very comfortable. Um, like you said, I've been in that situation where you 
need that stop. Got a decision to make, I mean, either a two-for-one type situation or get the last shot type situation when the clock's either on your side or not. So been in it plenty of times, just trying to take advantage and get, get the best, best shot possible. You ever have wine poured on you uh, during an NBA game? Oh, never. Was that what that was? Yeah, looked like it. <laughs> Need it more often. Start making shots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never have it. Uh, no, that was cool, though. Was it weird? I mean, you're saying, you know, you don't obviously expect water or whatever you thought it was. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever, like, kind of ran into a fan like that and, and spilled a drink. So, so it was the first time for everything. That did that in any way kind of like jolt you? I mean, you immediately, you know, hit, a, I think, two straight threes. Like, just even interaction like that maybe jolting your brain a little? Nah, nah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you're so locked into the game, you don't really, you know, the great the great ones kind of have fun with that, and, you know, and they really, you know, they, they take advantage of it and, and have fun with it, like I said. But, um, like I said, that's my first time. I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And then come out and hit a shot. So, I apologize, man. D'Angelo, uh, Willie was in here a minute ago, and he said that um, – you set up some of those late shots with what you do earlier in the game. He said you set those shots up over the course of the game and that uh, when those shots come to you in the fourth quarter, you're ready for them even if they're not. Is that something you do? You play the kind of a game within the game as the game goes on? Yeah, man. Um, I, like I said, I've you, experience is, is key in this league. Um, I've been in positions where you're down 20, you know, I don't know, 10 minutes left and you just see a player take over the game and you just think it's over as a young player. Or I just remember a moment specifically playing against Chris Paul, you know, and he would just pass and he had a strategy first quarter, second quarter was a different strategy, third quarter, then fourth quarter was kind of his and he just, he remembered. Um, also, I remember Kobe saying things like that as well. Remember that that shot's going to be there at the end of the game and stuff of, of that sort. So it's just experience, honestly. D'Angelo, how would you describe the evolution of, in your own career, how you've become so comfortable? I mean, the look on your face even at the end of the game when you took those shots, you knew they were going to go in. I mean, that doesn't happen immediately. You know, you had to grow to that. How did you do that? I think it's just timing, you know, timing of growth, you know, getting that experience for all young players in the league that are, you know, that get, you know, tossed around early just because they haven't polished as, as quick as others. I think that's your time to kind of lock into your craft in the summer, lock into your craft in the film room and and, and, and realize what type of player you're going to be. You can't be it right away when you're not that. So when you get to just dissect your game and know what, what, what your pros and cons are and your abilities are, I think that's where you can kind of, you know, you utilize your your experience, you know. Some some guys it takes four years to to be as polished as they want. Some guys it takes five, but I didn't have that. So I, I developed it, and um, for all young players out there, I think that's something you develop over time. This was another close finish for you guys, and Willie was talking about how it was like a buildup of past mistakes and then rejecting that and showing what you guys have learned. So how did you keep that that composure at the end? Like I said, like I said earlier to you is. That's our growth, you know. We we have a young team, you know. We find a way. I, th I always say young teams find a way to lose at the end of the games. You just you hang in there, and then you just find a way to miss that rebound. You find a way to miss that free throw. And older teams don't do that, you know. They're solid the course of the game. 
you know, and uh, you just see that with the with the young team. And I think that's where our growth was today. We made that free throw. We made that that extra rebound. We got that stop, and that was that was the results in a win. Yeah, so the Warriors do get the win tonight. They did make uh, a lot of big plays down the stretch, but right in the middle of it all, Whitey, was D'Angelo Russell making a, a number of big shots, four of them in the final five minutes. Yeah, I don't know how long he's going to be here. Nobody knows. He doesn't know. The Warriors may not know, but his status as a Warrior for now, anyway, definitely grew tonight. Yeah, it, it did, and uh, spill that wine on him, right? Spill the wine. Spill yeah. the wine. Yes. Right, right on D'Lo, and he'll just go get buckets. Uh, before we get out of here, spill wine on everybody else too. Why not? <laughs> See if it works. Let's uh, do a quick check of the reverse standings. The win tonight for the Warriors improves their record now to six and twenty-four. So the six and twenty-four still has them at the bottom, thirtieth uh, of the thirty teams. Six and twenty-four. The Atlanta Hawks, though, now are a half game off hmm. the pace. Atlanta. Six and 23. Well, as long as you're bottom three, you're in good shape, right? You've got the Pelicans in the bottom three at seven and 23. Uh, and then right outside of the bottom three now are the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks at seven and 22. They are fourth. And then you've got uh, Cleveland and the Wizards. They each have eight wins apiece. Everybody else is in double digits. So the Warriors get a win, and they're still in that group of three along with the Pelicans. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy uh, tonight. And, uh, hey, the first of uh, five-game homestands. So yes. There, there may be opportunities. There's some other teams right now that, that have some losing streaks that, that potentially could carry those losing streaks in here. I know the Suns have lost five in a row. That's still a week or so away. But the Timberwolves are going to go to Portland, losers of nine straight. So they could have a 10-game losing streak coming in here uh, on Monday night. And that was a game earlier in the year that – D'Angelo Russell went off the 52-point yes. game, and, and the Warriors probably should have won that game. They definitely should have. They squandered. That may have been an example, as he said, about a young team losing a close game. So that's going to do it for us. I uh, want to thank uh, Tim Jordan and Alex Scott and Ryan Mouser. Uh, want to for setting us up uh, out here and back in our San Francisco studios for Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We'll be back tomorrow morning here on 95.7 The Game as uh, we will have Warriors this week at 9 o'clock. Yes. And then we are back here Monday night, 6 o'clock in the evening for the Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves. will be joined by Jim Barnett for that one. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.